0: everyone welcome to another episode of 12 million i am darren jenkins i am and joining us on the show is is a fellow hyphenate i love meeting fellow hyphenates letitia Guillory is on the show today and i am so happy that you're here thank you for joining us
1: now it's my pleasure it's my pleasure i you know i like to talk I always tell my agents and my reps, I love generals. Can you just send them my way? Why not? You no,
2: know, we are so happy you are here joining us today. Um, so I was looking at your website, and, and I saw that you say I tell stories because each word, each sentence has the power to shift culture. Yeah. So I was wondering, mm. where did where, where did that come from? Where did that in, where did that inspiration come from? Like from the
1: beginning, where did was that always in you or to tell story, or that I was aware that it could shift culture. Let's start with to tell story. Oh yeah, that was. I think that's in the DNA. I I I identified as a storyteller from you know before I could really write. Oh wow. And and I also understood writing as um a craft before i could actually like you know mm-hmm. really do it so the storytelling aspect comes from you know you're in nursery school it's what they call daycare back mm-hmm. in the day and you you have to do a play you know and you're doing the jack and jill rhyme and my counterpart. Jack forgot his lines and three-year-old me was like, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) And then I took over. And, And so the awareness that there's an audience, I have something to say, they are listening, and whatever you do, just keep it moving to keep them engaged really came... Just like that, because he started crying, and I was like, "I have a new dress on." No, we're not doing this tonight. <laughs> My parents are here. Do you understand? You know. So that aspect of a of performance of, of we're telling a story, we're telling something people know. There's a rhythm to it. That's literally how it starts at three. At the same time, um, I used to love to get a pen or a pencil and just kind of do this. I didn't know how to write cursive. I couldn't even I mean I couldn't spell my name yet, but a child I was going <laughs> and my best friend and I, uh Tracy Shagwalk, we we called it chicken scratch. So we would just do this and you know your mom had leftover old checks and you do that so this is how far in the crates we're going right checks
2: Mm.
1: Nobody even knows what that is Um, but I would do that but that visceral experience of I'm creating something that's going to mean something to someone else with my hand and somehow my ideas and my imagination are connected to it because of course A I'm not forming actual words it's the physical kinesthetic experience of it brought me great joy i um, I'm probably pretending I'm a grown lady paying mm-hmm. bills or something. So there's the storytelling. So all of that happens between, I'd say, three and four or five. Mm-hmm. By the time I get to five, um, my mom worked in a, a, a large Black Catholic school in Houston. Uh, and one of the nuns and the nuns there were holy family nuns or so Black nuns historic order. Um, and the principal, was she principal? Well, the principal at the school, Gay, saw me playing with an antique typewriter that she had. Now, I say antique now because looking back, it absolutely was. old right. typewriter. I went to work with my mom one day. I couldn't have been more than four, maybe five. I don't even think I was five, to be honest. And I'm just, I'm enjoying it because I've already seen a secretary do that. I'm still mm. not quite connecting the Rob and Laura Petrie. Rob is a writer with a typewriter yet, but eventually you see these things are all tracking yeah. for me. Right. And so I'm just plucking out, plucking out, plucking out. And the uh, the nun, Sister Eva Regina, uh, decides to give it to me. Now, the thing is, I'm in love with it, but my parents physically have to move it wherever I want to write at in the house because it's half my size. Mm. And I wish I had it now because I'm sure it'd be worth money. So the the connection of storyteller and physically the art of writing and what it feels like and that it brought me joy and that it felt powerful and that it might mean something to other people all happened at a very young age. And I suppose um, that connection, not only with to Steve or Regina, but the host of nuns that would be part of my life very early on would um, impact me in terms of the power a person has to create the world they want to live in and to mm. behave in such a way that you're reflecting what you want in the world. Mm. You're not, you're not weighted down by what isn't, but you're here to stand up and say, Oh no, we're not doing that today. Or mm. we're going to make it a better day or thank God we have today, you know? Right. Mm. And, and and not only is it going to be better, but I'm going to be part of making it better. That, that came from them for sure.
0: Mm. Right. Mm. I by the way, my I my grandmother had one of those old typewriters too, and that was you know, it sat in her bedroom and she would kill me because she would hear me click 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 What are you in there doing? <laughs> what <are> you, doing? <laughs> I, I wanted to, you know, it, it Yeah. Was it was just something, something magnetic important. about it.
1: Yes, and it it does you do this thing with posture when you're at it. Yeah. And, um um it you know I've been looking for uh, toy ones for my I have a niece that just turned seven wow. and I was and she sees herself as a writer already yeah. you know she oh, makes wow. books and she likes to take photographs and uh, but I can't find a toy one because mm-hmm. uh, kids don't know what it is what what it is in fact, yeah. I have one in my office here you know a typewriter my my father gave me you know when I was like in college and um, the twelve year old says to me oh, what's that? I said, will you use it to write? He said, oh, it's a writing machine. <laughs> so, he's, so he's very curious. So I'm like, you know, you're right. going to have to put it together and hope that their ink right. isn't dry right. and let him experience it. And I mean, that's electric and fancy, you know, when they used yeah. the oh, right. LCD, little yeah. strip in the front, you can see the words. Mm-hmm. The word processes, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that's 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 that takes me back.
1: Woo. I know. I'm I'm doing it. Listen, children out there, moisturized. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I'm not ashamed, but we don't need to discuss
2: it. <laughs> exactly.
0: So you're, you're our you're a second Houstonian that we've had on the really? show recently. Actually, oh, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, so you were pretty young when you got the inspiration that struck mm-hmm. you. Um, did you follow it into, did this follow you into high school? Like, absolutely. You know, the, yeah. That, um,
1: the, the, what? I'm sorry, the identity never shifted. Mm. Like there was never not a time in my life that I wasn't clear. This is who you are. You're, wow. you're a writer and the acting piece, they, they, they came together. So it would be a long time before. I was okay to separate them because right. I just experienced them kind of really close.
0: Right.
1: So, is it, yeah.
0: Is your family, like, is, is this in your, in, in the family as well? Like they're, now, they're create <laughs> now. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. That, let me be fair. Let me be fair. Darren. <laughs> well, let me explain. There are, so my brother is a writer. Okay. Mm. He's a writer. He's a producer. Um,
0: he My wrote young, uh past hunto, right? on yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: okay. and two. and red uh, nilators, no
0: which we'll talk
1: about oh, later. Okay, but, okay. Uh, and a novelist, so that part. Oh wow. Well, um okay. but I am the older sibling, and so that happened first me. And then I have a, a cousin, a first cousin. She's a novelist, but she does uh romance novels. So hmm. I'm not the only uh, uh, and and then I you know, I have another a younger cousin who is um, he just got nominated for a Grammy he does uh, children's performance and music really beautiful empowering oh, wow. things and so in our particular group I think we we all inspire each other but I might be the pioneer that kind of jumped off maybe maybe it's not fair to say because I have a lot of cousins a lot of first cousins mm. and then mm. in the family I you know, Culturally, I think we just tell story, you know,
2: yep.
1: but if I, if I were going to say, oh, yeah, you know, I come from uh, Pulitzer Prize, no,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but storytellers and good storytellers. Oh, right. And, and I have a cousin who's a comedian, uh, you know, as well. Hmm. So, he, you know, he does stand up. So, again, that storytelling is very much part of um, the way we are. Right, you know, and I have cousins that are you know more distant that are you know also actors and and that sort of thing, but it wouldn't be like I grew up with, oh, we're gonna go see uncle so and so in a play. no, mm. that would have been them coming to see me right. that's how that happened, <laughs> so I was the pioneer, I was the one my, my father was like, so you sure you don't want to go to law school? Awesome. You'd be a great lawyer. I'm like I would be an awesome lawyer, and no, no, that's not my journey. That would that would be my brother's journey, but it wasn't my journey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know that so you you you, you mentioned the word storyteller. I think storyteller is a very important word that we throw around a lot a lot yeah. to, to different to some places that probably shouldn't be used for. I, but I think when it, like as black writers, mm-hmm. we are truly storytellers because storytelling is really a cultural thing.
1: Yes, it is. It's, yeah. it's
0: very much something that comes with us right. and our, our heritage and our family and our ancestors. Right. And I think it's like when we, you know, and if you see some of the, the writers that are making it happen right now, they are doing a lot of fair amount of pulling forward these stories from family, you know, yep. older family to kind of bring forward and tell those stories, which I think is very important as a storyteller.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, stories are important. You know, I I am fortunate that I come from a family and a culture where talking about your family history is just what you do. Right. It's just what you do that you understand. Like, I know the names of some of my enslaved ancestors. And I don't know them because purely because, oh, it was in a book. I know them because my grandmother or great aunt or someone talked about a story with that person and what they experienced, you know, or who, how many husbands they had or how many children they had or, you know, where did they live after? Did they have, did they own the land? So this understanding of story, and I honestly took that I didn't take it for granted, but I just assumed everybody did that. And it wasn't, frankly, until I moved to New York that I discovered, oh, no, baby. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no,
1: yeah. (laughs) You know your history like that in your family. But that's not everybody's journey. And not everybody, you know, some people, when they, if they left uh, their homestead, if you will, Mm -hmm. they left all that behind. And I respectfully understand that. But there is also this kind of empty Mm. that you can say, I I have peers, I I can say to them, oh, where's your family from? Down South. Well, what does that mean? Because, you know, in New York, when they say down South, it never means where I'm from. They they talk about a down South child. I don't know nothing about that. I I had to travel and go on tour to learn about the Carolinas and Georgia and Virginia, because this isn't, it's so different in so many ways. Right. Right. But um, there are people who can say, well, I just know, you know, my, 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 my grandmother and them, they from down South. And, and when you say where they say, I think Virginia. Right. I think you know north oh yeah north carolina when you say where they they may not have an answer what did they do i don't know you know mm. and again i'm not i'm not trying to be reductive i'm i'm just saying for those who are listening tell your family stories to young 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 people i mean the babies tell it to them because that really journeys with them into many generations generations after you yep
0: you know? Absolutely.
2: Very much so. Definitely, definitely.
1: So when did you come into the, the understanding that
2: the sentence has the power to shift culture? Uh,
1: that was also really young, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, certainly understanding it to shift behavior, I understood. So, you know, full transparency. I went to Catholic school from uh kindergarten through ninth grade and for much of that time I was with uh, you know I had black nuns black priests I didn't have the mean Irish nun experience that unfortunately is very much a trope and sometimes very true I didn't have those experiences I'm so sorry baby <laughs> don't get me wrong there was a paddle in this world I'm right. sure. but there was, there was <laughs> the also <laughs> Yes, there was also a tremendous amount of love and care and social awareness and activism. I mean, I had one teacher, she she wore a habit, but she had an Afro, if that gives you any
2: clue. Mm.
1: You know, we were, uh, it was a very interesting time to be uh, to be a Black Catholic at the time where mm. I was. I've since recovered, but that's another podcast. <laughs> Shout out to the Catholic Church. I ain't mad, but I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Not bad, just saying. Um, But for culture, because I understood who I was very early, I was always researching Black writers. I mean, Mm. from very young. Because again, you know, some kids got Mother Goose. My mother pulled out Nikki Giovanni. She's very Mm. intentional about... I mean, (laughs) she's hilarious. You know the book Black Like Me? Oh, yeah. Where the guy, she was reading that to me at night before I go to bed. (laughs) I was like, you know, I mean, and and yet it was part of my consciousness, but not because I walked around. Okay, maybe I did. (laughs) I was a lot as a kid, you know, Black Power. My classmates were like, what is her deal? But (laughs) all of that to say, that's why I was aware that you had, you know, um, you had a poet that you know, my mother was reading to me who would say, because Black love is a revolutionary act, you know, because of Nikki Giovanni, I understood that because I lived in Houston and I understood what who the Black Panthers were and SNCC and Mm -hmm. on. And I had uh, cousins who, you know, were a bit older than me who were already young adults and they were activists. And um, so I was always aware that words and art were part of our survival and our revolution and that we come from a long legacy in this country of people who write to change their condition and that of their families and their fellow man. So again, I was that weird kid researching Mm -hmm. Phyllis Wheatley all the way to (laughs) Nikki Giovanni and Sonia Sanchez. And I, I lived in poetry for a long time before I started living in the performed word as a, as a writer for a very long time, poetry short story for a long time before I switched over. And when I say long time, I was a kid. I wasn't, right. I wasn't even in high school yet, you know? right? So I was aware of it. I was aware that what you say and what you write can become law. I was aware that, That, you know, the things that Frederick Douglass said and did, but what he said and wrote and that he had a newspaper, there's that writing again Mm. was so powerful, you know, and I knew all of that by the time I was like 11, you know, it was very much, uh, you know, because I, I equated it, you know, with, with American history, with African American history, Mm. very much equated it with that. So, Hmm. Yeah. And then I knew who uh, Lorraine Hansberry was. So when we take it, you know, to the performed word, I was really aware of how powerful A Raisin in the Sun was and how important she was and how young she was.
0: All right. I want so, you know, it's funny cuz like I think we we kind of all grew up in the same era where where uh writing was so much more I don't even know how to explain it. Like it it just meant more. It was more substantive. Um, I mean, I I don't recall a time when when I was young that I didn't have either a book or a newspaper or a magazine, something that I was reading. Yes. I was re- reading, oh, yes. and my mother was always kind of augmenting that with giving me a book or teaching me about you know something that uh, you know that she read or something. Right. So and and it's so much. Different now. I feel like it's it's a much different time, but yeah. I wonder okay. now how does that impact what we see on the screen. Because yeah, that fe- I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's huge. Well
1: I think you know, first of all, the screen is not one screen, right? It's right. many screens, especially now various yeah. various yeah. sizes and I think it's a tricky thing because there is so much and there's so much room for everything that mm. whether you want something that is deeply layered and and metaphorical and profound, or you're like, yo, I'm just good with this t- TikTok video right now. I'm just right, right, good right. with that. Um, right. I think there's just a... I think that I'm excited by the the breadth of all of it, but I'm mm. always looking and hoping that um, we have uh, folks who are witnessing, if you will, in the written word, the context of it all, so that right. one understands the power of, let's say, um, a show like Atlanta, especially mm. this season. Omg, what?
0: Right,
1: <laughs> like yeah. what? whoa and y'all wanted to fuss about them wait a minute wait a minute you know or them that's another good example like this is (laughs) this is some very sedimented uh layered looking in the crevices of trauma with Hmm. a uh powerful Uh, protagonist or set of protagonists that, that we uh, we're going to journey with, even if it kills us, because we don't want to see nothing happen to those pretty little girls, (laughs) nothing happened to that beautiful black family, Right. (laughs) So, which is, you know, even that journey is different than say, even 15 years ago, it wouldn't have looked like that, you know? So you have that kind of content, you know, content, and then you have content that's like, super light, where it's just talking about a blended family, but it's not going deep with it until it goes deep with it. So I I feel what you're saying. I think the thing that's challenging, and this may be neurological, is that people our attention spans are not what they used to be.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's not a judgment. That's just no. the reality of the world we're in. And I think COVID really showed us, oh, you think you know what your brain is doing. Let me <laughs> <Right>. show <her. laughs> right. You ain't going to remember nothing. <laughs> right. Not a thing. Yeah. You're going to walk yeah. in a room and go, why? And there it is. And you'll be like, yeah. but I'm only this age. How is this happening? <laughs> so um, I think... Uh, the importance of books and of reading, and of articles and of poetry—good poetry. Good
0: poetry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there bad poetry? Yeah, I guess there is. Yeah.
1: No, there isn't bad
0: poetry. <laughs> oh, there isn't. There, there isn't.
1: Well, no. I'm going to say this. I shouldn't have said good or bad. Let's use the word. <sighs> you know, I'm a, I'm here for the performance. But the mm. word shouldn't have to rely on you performing it. I understood. Yeah. It I get should that. not have to rely on that. Oh, absolutely. And yet I really honor the performance, but Am I really interested in your book? Oh,
2: right. I don't know.
1: You know. I don't know. Right. And, and I and I say that uh, you know, as someone who again wrote a lot of poetry, I have a lot of friends who are wonderful poets. But I would like people to read all poetry because for those of us who our attention spans have done this, I think the more poetry you read, the bigger your attention span will get, right. and and then you'll read more, and that will help your brain.
0: And you and never know funny. where you're, where, what what you're gonna like. To your point, I mean, just like there are many screens. Does- many forms yeah. of content now too right. Right. for yeah. those screens, which and unless you are engaged, you 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 may miss something that you might think is really good. And it's not for it's not gonna always be for Everything's everybody. Everything's not for everybody,
1: right? No, it's not
0: for
1: everybody. <laughs> but it's all right that it's there. I, I yeah, exactly. I'm definitely not one of those people, get that off of television.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I might be taking myself out of a job. No, we're not saying that. No, no. No, we're not yeah. saying
2: that. <laughs> so what was your transition from poetry into film? Like like or, or oh. where did, <laughs> from, from the
1: writing perspective, right? So Yeah. When did so um the poetry you know, so poetry was always there. And, and I suppose it's still hidden in here somewhere. It, it sometimes makes me sad when I think about, uh, when's the last time you wrote a poem? Because that was, again, so much of who I was. Ah, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I also think about it in a more poetic way. Like, would you rather write the poem or live the poem? Mm. And mm. much of what I believe I do in how I, uh, engage my community, my work, my family, et cetera. To me, that's the poetry. Um, Mm. and, and, and so I, I have decided to be okay with that, but to write down things that feel particularly, uh, poetic or lyrical, because they do find their way in my work. And so, uh, the transition would be, I never stopped writing poetry, But when I started writing plays, um, you know, some of my plays were very poetic. Some of them, you know, know, and then you have this tremendous influence of Ntozake, Shange, Ibaye. For me... Was huge, you know, it was Mm -hmm. very huge to come across her work as a young teen. Like, I I might have been 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. years old, probably Mm -hmm. had no business reading it. I literally found a chapbook of the Colored Girls. It was just Mm -hmm. a collect. I found it hidden somewhere in the Houston Public Library. Nobody was paying attention to it. I took it and I was gone. <laughs> I mean, I checked it out and uh, many years uh. later, I did. I
2: it did it, but I, are should, coming you
1: for know, it. now I feel <laughs> bad. Now, I should have just kept it, right? Because, hello. Hello. No one was reading you, it, right? me, huh? you know, and eventually when I would meet her, I did tell her that story. She thought it was hilarious, you know. She's <laughs> like, you should have kept it. I said, I, know. but I was doing the right, right thing, nuns. No. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so. In that world, I'm already becoming that high even more because now you get, oh, I could have a character say a poem and then they could dance and then they can do something else, and that's still theater is kind of a play, or I could write a play like Lorraine, you know, where it's fourth wall up and, and it's a you know, it's a family drama. So I was aware of both of those things and I moved as a uh playwright, poet for a long, long, long time. I moved to New York like that, you know, as this actor, director, this theater, if you will, you know, Um, eventually I adopted the term performance artist because the work I was beginning to create was interdisciplinary and it was mixed media. And I started to play with projections and I started to play with... Mm. You know, lots of choreography and, mm-hmm. and, and performan- performative acts that engaged audience in a particular way. And so I, at that point, I mean, I, and, and even creating installation, you know, um, I was really aware like this is a, uh, so. It's a theater, but it's not a play play. And I mm-hmm. like it because it speaks more to who we are as people. Right. We tell story. There might be a song. There might be a recipe. It might be somebody's phone number. There might be an argument. There's all of that is part of our cultural way of expressing narrative, right? Right. And so that that uh, flexibility in performance art world with theater worked for me. But here's the thing: one day I realized some stories are are big age. Mm. They're bigger than that three-quarter, that proscenium, even site-specific, because I did site-specific performance as well. And that on the the screen, you have many frames to tell that story. In the theater, depending on how you're engaging audience, you only have a few, you know. I mean, unless you use, like I did, you're using projections and... Right, you know, and you're moving around, but you know, and so when I really understood that, I was like, "Oh, well, then you probably need to start thinking about writing movies, and mm-hmm. I wanted to have the the flexibility I felt in the written word in theater, in poetry and and how you know I knew all the rules, but I'd break all the rules, and it'd be fine. That's the goal for me as a filmmaker is I know all those rules, I'm going to use those rules, I'm going to become the queen of those rules." Mm. and then i want to break them <laughs> or mm. or um make them far more visceral if you will mm. a more visceral experience being aware that do i want my audience to be purely sitting in the space of voyeur or do i want to draw them in so that they now are quite centered in a particular way in story and I might or choose to let them know, Oh yes, I see it or not. It depends on, on the story. Right. Mm. And what I want to say. And that's what happened. It just, it was really, I I just, I have bigger things. I need more
0: space. (laughs) I need more frames. More more space. Wow. So, uh, I mean, you know I, I hesitate to ask this question cuz i think it's it's, a, it's an impossible question to answer but i'm going to ask it anyway um like if you had to choose between you know being doing you know cuz it's a different experience writing a play writing yeah. for film um yeah. or at least writing for the sc- a screen um is there a preference for you, to, to, uh, given the fact that you kind of want a bigger, uh, you know, palette to work from, I guess.
1: Yeah, you say I wanted a bigger canvas. That's oh,
0: all. Canvas, yes, exactly. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted a bigger canvas. Um, I don't have a preference. Mm-hmm. I think I spend more time with moving world we're still in a new relationship with each other. Mm. And because you know there's much work to be done there. That is not to say there isn't work to be done on the stage and I do have a new play. But it is mm. to say, um I I tend to go and this is gonna sound very hippy dippy, but <laughs> it's where the character leads me. So when I say that, I mean a story or more importantly, the character shows up for me and the character tells me, you know, well, this is what I want to say, which isn't necessarily the story, just this is what I want to say, or this is what I look like, or this is how I'm feeling. And then from there, I, sit with now what is this? You know? But I also have to really listen to them and well what what do you want to say? What do you want us to know? What do we want to talk about? So I don't I don't tend to write from, oh, I'm gonna write a play about um, you know, landowners' rights. Right. You know? But I have written stuff about that. But right. it's not I it's always character and that that's probably the actor. In me, but it's always the character that g- generally shows up first. Sometimes it's the place, but mostly it's the character. And from that character and what, how they say, what they want me to say, what, where they want to go, determines is this a play or right. is this a film? Now, every now and then, I'll be super lucky and there'll be a story that can live anywhere. And I do have a little tiny movie that I, every, you know, every version I write of it, I don't throw away anything. Like I know, you know, you edit it down because you want to shoot this and you're not trying to take two weeks to make no short film. Nope. Budget ain't going to do that. Not Letitia, not right now, unless there's someone out there that wants to fund it. You know, (laughs) hello. I'm not trying to do that, but everything I take away, I know can live on the stage quite
2: nicely. Right.
1: Quite simply because mm. the story is su- simple enough. The location is it's one location. The whole thing happens in one place uh, right. and it's character driven. So every now and then there'll be a really great story uh, or and, and or character that um, it can go in either direction. And at this point uh, you know, everybody's yapping about IP. Listen, kiddies. Mm create your own IP. That's all I got to
2: say,
1: (laughs) you know, so if it can live that in another way, I, I certainly, you know, make those notes or jot it out or even treat it as a writing exercise. Now Hmm. I'm going to create that. And then, so when they come for the other thing, they got to option that too, because I, you'll own, or I will own that other piece as well.
0: Amen to that.
1: Now do you decide so so you say character
2: a lot of times comes first. Now does yeah. the, the character determine if what genre you go in? Because I know you've done thrillers. I know you've done some short um, comedy. I know you've so you know, how does that process come about?
1: That's a good question. Um Well first of all, I think a lot of my work uh teeters in the at minimum, speculative fiction space if I were being, you know, academic, I guess. Even though I, as Letitia, as this Black woman, I don't see it that way. It's just... This is this is the worlds I live in. I don't know if you right. live there, but I live there. Right. I live in a world where, oh yeah, did you did you feel that? Okay, so and so didn't come to visit. That's the world I live in. <laughs> Other people don't live in that world. I've discovered, but <laughs> I've learned not to speak in mixed company about those things because mm. you know people get nervous. They grab their Bibles. They get worried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's fine. They should. That's okay. But mm. I don't always know that but what I do know is I think that's where the visual comes in. Right. Sometimes the 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 genre of it all is really the visual for me even though it's a very internal thing but it's the 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 visual of of the project you know it's the visual of what just happened there what was that you know the visual dissonance I talk Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. a lot uh like I have the project and um it's daytime horror it's uh, episodic and one of the things in my deck is I I speak on visual dissonance which I had one person say to me wonderful person story consultant say why are you why are you talking about that? And I was like, is it too smart? And, and he said, well, uh, you know, I let yes, y'all no. fill in all the blanks. I don't have to say <laughs> much to it. And I said, well, first of all, that's part of my toolkit. Mm-hmm. So that part. Well, but execs, I said, no, I mean, exactly what I'm saying. This is a visual industry. I am telling you that this is a world where things look normal and then something creepy moves and then you look and think, oh, that didn't really happen, but you know it did. Because all people experience that. That's why I talk about it. So, right. to, to your point, it, it sometimes is a visual. I don't... Um, I have this, this, this other little uh, horror project and... I kinda knew when I thought about it that it would be that. But when I really was like, why don't you just let it rip? Because I love vampires. Let me just say that. I really love vampires. <laughs> okay. And and yeah, and my brother asked me, he's like, Why are you not writing a vampire? I said, you know, I just I have to wait for the right story. Because, you know, if you don't have anything else to add to the genre, why are you bothering? Okay. Aha, yeah, I do. <laughs> but I also knew, um, That I needed when I thought about it, I knew, I kind of knew the story, but a lot of the story and a lot of anything I write, there's this ironic quality that's happening. And how far I lean into the irony often determines what the genre is. So, Mm. yes, sometimes I do know. Like, I knew when I wanted to talk about how you break up with a vampire. Hmm. It's just a question. Like definitely
0: during the day, right? <laughs> definitely during the day.
1: Well, if if she knew he was one, sure. What is that? Uh, you see, and it's yeah. a it is it is it it yes. So Ooh. there's always this weird. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know. That's. I don't always know that. But I think the visual is what tells me more. So, what are we dealing with here?
0: Mm. When you when you encounter um, young film um, writers, because um, I know you do a fair amount of of mentoring and and conversation and with other. Who
1: told you that?
0: Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a secret. No one's supposed to know about that.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: again yeah, you told your secret. Supposed to it's a secret. Mouth, that's just all like, camera, right? Secret.
1: <laughs> I think it's funny because it, it surprises me when when people do know that. It really does. It's not it's not because I don't enjoy it. That's not it. It's just well, I'm like, "Oh, you know about that?"
0: Oh, go ahead. I'm always curious like like what are some of the things that, what are some of the challenges that you come across with young writers um in the most part, is it so, is it the technical? Is it is it the creative? Is it the process? You know,
1: all of it. But I also think that's not really about age.
0: Mm. Um, I
1: think it's about no, definitely not. No, it's not. But but <laughs> but I will say um, the things that I've seen that concern me is. People writers turning themselves in. Can I say it how I mean it on twelve million? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. definitely. I think I've I've kept my potty mouth away. I think mm-hmm. I worked hard <laughs> on it. But this this is not potty mouth. I I see. Uh, uh, I read a lot of work where um the the writer who may be black and female. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, right. Uh, is turning themselves into a white man in their life. Meaning their gaze is anything but authentic, but something I might see on broadcast television or uh, cable. And, and let me be clear, because again, a mother needs a gig. I'm not saying there's a problem you know, with that. But what like. I am saying is, when you're paid to write, voice, wax on and do it. You know, that's right. your craft as a writer. But when you are submitting your work to say who you are as a writer, then you need not give me something that if I just dropped in Scandinavian people, it'd be the same story. Mm-hmm. Un- you know, unless you're submitting to work in broadcasts in a certain mm. way. And so that that really bothers me. It, it, it actually crushes my soul a little bit because I've read for some very prestigious um, fellowships and competitions and, mm um when i'll get really excited honestly when it's any good story so it's not purely about race or anything else
2: but
1: yeah, right i'm excited when it's a young black woman you know i'm excited yeah, yeah. when it it's it's an uh uh um, um if i know the age a middle a middle age you know black man i'm excited by these things Right. And I'm excited because of who you are. So when you take away who you are, then I am bored. And oh my God, you're making my eyes hurt. It bugs me because I also have to write about it afterwards, right? In these oh, situations, right. you're reading and then you're writing the notes and the coverage or what have you. And so one of the things I say is I can forgive a lot of things. And I've seen a lot of weird formatting choices, which by the way, I do not recommend. That is another yeah. nails down the board for me yeah. um, but what i can't forgive is when you decide that you're not good enough mm. because it, it hurts me because remember if every sentence every word has the power to shape culture what are you doing to our people What are you doing to yourself? And our people could be anybody. We're part of multiple communities, right? So um, that really bothers me. And you can't teach voice. That's the thing. You can teach craft. You can give people exercises, but voice, no one can teach you that. And that takes time to lean into and also to accept that not everybody's going to like your voice. Yeah and that 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 stings but that's really the truth.
0: Well that's kind of like why I was so like for me reading is really important in a lot of ways because I think reading helps you kind of, cause read, you know when i read a book i can visualize i can imagine the story i can visualize right. i can engulf myself in the character and I feel like sometimes that's missing, like the, like yeah. like they don't hear the character, or right. they haven't either. They haven't they can't hear the character speaking, or right. when I tell a lot of people is like one of the things I uh, I was at on on a, a call like a networking event and a lot of writers and they asked me you know we went around and, like everybody give your one piece of advice and so I told them my piece of advice is that. You spend time with your characters, that you sit with them, that you develop them. You should know as much about your characters as you know about yourself, if not more. And it might take a lot more work to flesh that character out. But let me tell you something. Once you get down to around 40, 50 pages in, you're really going to start to appreciate all the work you did beforehand because... When you go to answer a question, would this guy kill this person? Well, no, because he's he's a Catholic and he doesn't believe in this. And, you know, so knowing your character helps you build your voice in a lot of ways. And so I I I find like a lot of people kind of speed to just writing it without considering that they haven't given their character life yet.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, I, I spoke about character before, because again, where's my origin? Storyteller, mm-hmm. performer, actor. And 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 I'm a really, I'm, you know, big, I'm a really trained actor. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the actor that did the iambic pentameter, that knows how to score a script, that breaks it down using, yes, Strasbourg's The Method, all the Method. of that, all yep. you know, all of that. And And I came with those tools. Right. And so when I'm speaking to other writers, when we talk about voice and we talk about. So I I encourage, yeah, write that script that's structurally exactly what you see on your favorite show or whatever. Do that because it's a great exercise. And if you do it well enough, it's a great writing sample. And it's a writing sample. That you don't need to worry about, oh, someone's going to take my ideas. Right. Because it's, uh, it's a spec. You know, who cares? Right. At the same time, there are some of us who feel like what all the work you're going to do doing that, you might as well create something you can sell. How about right. that? I think you could do both. And I think only you know the time you have and how long it takes you to do it. So they, so the mm. the whole thing of understanding character, but also understanding who you are. What is it that you bring? What is your mm. unique point of view? Um, a lot of times people will they'll do the structure, but to your point, they'll have their characters saying things that number one are not dramatic action. You're just right. you're, you're broadcasting stuff I've, you've already shown me. Right. or that you want me to know versus mm. organically let the, letting the character experience this in a particular way. So we journey with our protagonists in that way to mm. that information. None of this stuff is easy. I struggle with it. Everyone <laughs> struggles with yeah. it, but I do think, you know, uh, knowing who you are and knowing a lot of information, both academically as well as socially, as well as personally, all of those things are which you bring to your work as a writer, and the writers we're more most impacted by whether they are songwriters, uh, and I'll open that up even more specifically whether they're uh, rap artists, uh, pop artists, you know, anyone who's writing their own work, uh, journalist, a novelist, screenwriters, whomever,
2: all right?
1: Those people that generally we gravitate towards it's because there's something really authentic in what they're saying let us take cardi b let's let's open from the great book of cardi b chapter four verse 39 <laughs> now when cardi first hit there was a lot of yap 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 well, she's not a great rapper blah 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 well, that's a matter of opinion whatever All right. what I said to someone, young person who uh, who worked for me, we were in the car going somewhere and Bodak Yellow came on and I was in it. He looked at me and said, Miss G, what's going on? I said, what's going on with you? What's happening? What's up? He said, I, I said, no, she had me at I ain't got to dance. I make money move. She Hmm. had me at that line because whatever we think of her accent or her enunciation, whatever, her authenticity and her point of view, her, I call it ratchet feminism. I'm here for it every day, all day, all day, always all things. I mean, even things I'm like, girl, really, I'm still here for you. I'm here for (laughs) you because that's authentically who she is and not so much who she is, but, she has something to say and she understands the world she wants to present to you so that you can find empowerment in it. And and um yeah, so mm. like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Stop writing sitcoms that don't start black people <laughs> and, call, and and then saying and then saying you Nigerian American. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> this, this is a real thing that happened. <laughs> I wanted yeah, to call that little girl and say, "Baby, baby," <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, "Baby, baby," <laughs>
2: like,
1: and she was from Houston. Oh my god!
2: So, what projects are you currently working on? And I, I believe Winston was a, 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 your was that your last project.
1: No, oh, no, no. Okay. Well, no, not as of uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So prior to well, the- well, the- no, hold up. Let me be clear. As a producer, or as a writer, or as, as a, a director. Yeah, Again, the hyphen thing is the common. Right. Actually,
2: so yeah. As
1: a producer, no. As a producer, uh, we just wrapped on a lovely little uh, dramedy short, uh, Let La. Uh, hmm. It's just adorable and the same young man who stars in Winston is the star in this film but he also wrote and directed it and is the other EP on it and he he's done a beautiful job so we're in post now on that and nice. uh it was a beautiful shoot and um you know he's someone when I uh read his script and and we talked about it I said what do you want people to know what do you want them to know he said I just I want to put my voice out I said yeah what's your voice son what's what's, what's that about so this is literally like the mm. kind of conversations I have when I'm working with writers. You know, what do you what do you want to say? He said, you know, as a West Indian, he's from St. Lucia, right? He, and, and this project is very much a Caribbean project in that mm. we intentionally work very hard that all the creatives in front of the camera and behind the camera as much as possible were of Caribbean descent. It was uh, a discussion he and I had, and I thought his intention to create space for diverse stories from the Caribbean diaspora, uh, mm-hmm. I said, well, then we, we should be looking at, uh, you know, uh, a production team that reflects that as much as possible. So I do believe in you must walk your talk. If this is mm-hmm. your passion, you know, then this is who your crew should be. You know, my yeah. our crew... Uh, and, and you know, other filmmakers were, it's, it was, you know, like 95% female, mm. you know, my DP, my 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 Gaff, all of that, you know, my camp all of these were women, you know, and that was super, and Black women, you know, nice. it, was, it was an incredible experience. Um, and in fact, one of the crews said to me, a young man, he says, it's not the Blackest set I've been on. I'm like, y'all did no Black <laughs> movies? What does that say? He said, no, that's not what I mean. I said, I know what you mean. I said, well, how do you feel about he says, This is nice. I said, well, then get out there and create the world you want to be in, mm. which means you got to lift as you climb. Yep. You know, you got to bring other people in to work with you so you're not on set by yourself with everybody else. But nobody is you because that's not really America. And that certainly yeah. isn't the world. Yeah. So um, uh, let law, we just wrap. I have. um I have two, I have two projects with uh, uh, 150, uh, which is part of the uh, Warner Brothers Discovery brand, uh, which is like a, um, it's a, a and they call it, you know, kind of an innovators initiative. But basically, um, you are invited in through your projects to help you develop, to bring your projects to market. And I, so my episodic series Gates was accepted into that as well as uh, feature film Hound Dog. Um, oh, so oh. we're, you know, with that, there's a lot that goes into this. I swear. That's a whole nother thing, just mm-hmm. marketing your work and pitching and all of that. But, you know, putting proof of concept together decks, etc. cetera, So that's that arena. Um, And then I have another feature I'm producing, Catchweight, that's a a boxing film. Oh, Oh, wow. I I know. But a boxing film that's very, uh, you know, it's like boxing meets yoga meets... Hmm. I don't even have words for it. It's hard Hmm. to describe in in terms of visually how we want to take that project on. Uh, with the filmmaker, John Tucker, who uh, uh, directed Pot too. So So, um, oh, wow. yeah. And there's a lot of writing. I'm always working on something. I don't have <laughs> a sleep.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, when do you find time to, like, sleep or, I don't know, eat? <laughs> Somehow we find a way to eat. Please, I
1: ain't met a writer yet that ain't
0: eating. Yeah. Unless
1: they broke. And even when they broke, they call somebody and say, what you cook? I'm coming.
0: I'm coming can over. You bring
1: me some, can you bring me some food? You know, writers always find a way to eat. That's for sure. Actors, maybe not. Writers, definitely. Actors, yeah. too. Actors, too. But um, I do sleep, but I have to schedule it. And, you know, then I have a jobby job where I'm curating
0: Yeah, I was programs say.
1: and events, movies under what? the stars for Brooklyn. And so there is yeah. that part.
0: Um, uh, so um, we're we're doing movies under the stars this this summer. Or? Of course, I can't wait. Yes, I'm looking forward to that.
1: <laughs>
0: I, see <laughs> what I'm saying? She, it happened, a, to, we hope it don't rain tomorrow.
1: We'll be screening tomorrow night uh, at oh, nice. Sunset Park in um. Brooklyn if it doesn't rain. So I hope, it's I not hope it doesn't. Rain. I it's hope not it doesn't rain. because I have like three events tomorrow. I have that. I have a silent disco that I'm doing. Silent I'm disco. Here. Yes. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, a <laughs> Caribbean dance
1: a... fitness at another park. You know, it's a lot of moving wow. parts in my life. A lot. So
2: point.
1: it always, so it's always writing and there's always, um, always work that we're, you know, trying to uh, get done and, Mm. you know it's always a deadline you ain't gonna make and then you have to ask yourself like do i really (laughs) want to submit to that why would i do that what
2: is Mm -hmm. that it's it's, it's weird it's so there's i mean there's so much more that that i'm sure we can ask but you know for time so what we're going to do is as you know our 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 podcast is inspired by richard wright's book yes 12 million black voices and one of the things that we ask all our guests is there a current book you're reading or a book that you suggest or recommend to our listeners?
1: You know, I, I'm going to say yes and yes and yes. And, and I'm, you know, I'm going to suggest read now, laters by my brother, Marcus J. Hillary. And I'm suggesting that because to date, I have never read anything that is, uh, a modern account of the world i grew up in hmm. the culture i grew up in um i've never read anything that that again dances in 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 well not specifically in this culture let's say that so you know it's a novel that spans three different time periods that talks about three different specific time periods in young Black men's lives, young Louisiana Creole Black men's lives to be specific. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me is why I would encourage people to read it other than, oh, it's a hell of a story. But also because it gets exhausting explaining American history to people. It gets exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, expressing to individuals you know the history of, of of my people and my family. You know mm. uh, only because people keep asking. Otherwise, why would I do that? And I certainly yeah. didn't do that until I moved to New York. That was not a conversation to mm. be had. But the the novel um, is one of those hybrid moments that we talk about. There's a there are prayers in it. There's recipes in it. There's a play in the middle of it. Wow, you know, wow, so wow. he did a he did a beautiful job of melding you know, all of our influences in that story. Mm. Um and uh it's very moving mm. and uh it has been I think it's been taught in high school at oh, some wow. point because wow. it is a coming of age story. Okay. You know. So Red Now Laters is always gonna be uh top on my list. Um uh, and then I would also say I think uh Sassafras, Cypress, and Indigo by uh, the late, great Intezaki uh, Shanghai Ibaye, I would encourage uh, people to revisit that mm-hmm. because it was a novel of possibilities. And for me as a young woman, um, it was a world of possibility, a world of possibility. And I think that's what any writer can do in their stories is it's, you know, when you're writing is, but what if? Mm-hmm. Or the yeah. yes and, and and so when books lean into that as opposed to telling me what I already know,
2: mm.
1: you're you're not giving me something I don't know. Um, then I, that tends to live with me longer um, than others. That said, every now and then one likes a little bit of brain candy at the beach. <laughs> Every now and then, you got to read something just silly right. and fun. Oh, absolutely! I don't, but well, you know, well, let me give you my example. The la- generally, there's there's some kind of I, I, okay. So I read The Hunger one time on vacation. There, the book, you know, the film, the Hunger.
2: right? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: please be clear, folks. This is very much a white man that is not a black person that wrote that book. <laughs> but, because I was such a fan of the of the film, right? Such a fan, right? I read the book and it is so not nearly as amazing as the movie. So yeah, mm. my brain candy.
0: Mm. Oh
1: horror as, as brain candy for me.
0: That is it's weird, but it's true. Unfortunate when it happens the like when the movie like well, that's kind of rare, I guess. Like that the yeah. movie is better than the book.
1: The movie was Phenomenal in the book. Uh, again, it's the gaze, you know, and that's the thing. As a filmmaker and as writers, uh, I again pay attention, start learning what that means. It's not just you know waxing academic, or poetic, or philosophical. It's a real thing, you know. What does it mean to have a male gaze or a female gaze, omniscient right. gaze? I mean, so it doesn't matter what end of storytelling you're in. It is something to consider if that's how you want to tell that story. Not so much as a political statement, but more about how do you want to tell this story?
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, real quick, can we expect um, red now and Laters to be optioned into a. Movie or something down the road.
1: I don't know that I'm allowed to talk about that. But uh, okay, but I, I knew that's
0: I was going to end. No, that was like, but
1: you know. I would encourage you to consider having him as a guest and let oh. him discuss it. Oh, okay, all right. He that's he fair. likes to talk too. That's
2: fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, we'll, 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 all us uh,
0: galleries like to talk. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's good. That means you're yeah. good tell- storytellers. We so,
1: are like, awesome storytellers. I have another yeah. cousin who kind of looks like Akbar who, who's a poet. <laughs> I just thought, I was like, oh, really? wow, you really look like my cousin Ron. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's a poet too. So there's a lot of writers in
0: the family. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, this was fun. I, I'm oh, so glad yeah. we finally got to yeah. connect and have you come on That's the show because you're doing like so that. much stuff and... I was like like I was reading your bio I was just like wow man I mean I'm a multi hyphenate you take me you're like a multi hyphenate drinking red bull and I don't drink red bull which is good but
1: no it's good and that some of that hyphenate you know sometimes one needs to just sit down and say okay that's mm. I did that let that go you know but I don't think that will ever really be me cuz that's not my nature I just think mm. what I work on shifts I think that, you know, some doors will uh, need to be closed so the rest of them can remain open and open new ones. And Absolutely. so we will stay tuned to see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. Oh, this was great.
0: Thank you for being oh, on the pleasure. show today.
2: Um, it's
1: my pleasure. Anytime. We definitely
2: wanted, to... want you back because, like I said, oh, yeah. we could have got very selfish and just asked questions that we needed answers to.
1: I, I sat here was
0: like, <laughs> we should just turn this podcast into a master class because it's. Exactly like, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, don't, don't do that now. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to blame me. Listen. <laughs> uh, my brother, <laughs> my brother. So his his film premiered at Tribeca in the before time. So I can't. Mm. I, was it twenty? I don't even remember because COVID happened. Who remembers? COVID but and not I that long years ago. So his that. film, his film is Gully, right? Mm. And it premieres at Tribeca, and you know they get up and do the Q and A, and I'm so excited, yay! And he stands up there and he says, well. I just want you all to know my sister is here and she's a playwright here and a a, a screenwriter. And this is all her fault. (laughs) (laughs) And I laugh. He said, because, you know, the writing started with her. So I, I say that to say like, ooh, masterclass. What would that, my masterclass would be very different. I...
0: That's probably what's needed, you know, different.
1: Start with what's your favorite tools to work with? What's your favorite clothes to write in?
0: Oh, that's what I was going to (laughs) mention. I was watching a, I was watching, you were talking to someone on Instagram on, um, it was a video on YouTube Uh and you, you mentioned something that I haven't heard in, Decades that you used to write in Microsoft Works,
1: <laughs> baby, baby,
0: Microsoft yeah, go Liz Works, all again,
1: baby, baby. <laughs> me, my first screenplay was birthed in Microsoft Works,
2: Mm-mm-mm.
1: and I I can't say it without laughing. Not because I love Works till I mean right. if it still existed, I probably I don't think I could write in it. But my my point here is when someone tells me. When they can't get that screenwriting format right, it upsets me because I remember birthing my first screenplay. Right. That You know how Sundance asks you for the first five pages? So I submitted my first five pages. And lo and behold, I got not an email, but a phone call saying, can you send us a script? But child, Uh you know that script wasn't written. <laughs> One
0: They're like, sure, no problem. <laughs> I don't get writing. No. When do you need it?
1: <laughs> I was. I called it. I said, "When? Yes. When do you need it? Can I get two weeks? Because you know, blah blah blah." And and so I had to write that in in Works because I didn't have software yet. Because again, this was a new journey. You know, a, a playwriting I could do in my sleep because mm-hmm. I've been doing that since I was a kid. You know. But screenwriting is very different. So the only thing I will say about works is that it happened. I, I made it work. It would be decades before i look at that screenplay again. Uh, and what I also will tell people is, please do not say you can't afford it. There mm. are so many options out there for free to get you started.
0: Celtics. Uh, not, of-
1: yes, Uh, All of them have a free version, Writer Duet, my favorite free version. But also, here's the thing. At some point, you have to invest in yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. And if
1: you're willing to invest in whatever else, whether it's Hennessy, you know, uh, 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 new sneakers, wigs, sneakers, a new whip, whatever it is. Take your money and put it on the side and invest in yourself because when you go, when you get to someone who has to read your work, the reason why we get an attitude is not because we're trying to be bougie and we think we all laugh, blah, blah, blah. No, it's simply because we read so many scripts and you're making... If I have to go, if I have to do a lot of work... Um, it's exhausting. And then you might get somebody who just says, hell no, and keep it moving. And they don't go mm. past five pages. Yep. Or you'll get someone like me who's like, but they, they they got their self together and they submitted this. And yes, I know this stops in the middle of the page. And then there's a blank page. <laughs> True story. Ooh. But I'll wow. keep reading because I know it. Mm. Uh, but, but don't make it hard for the reader. And I, as a writer, had to learn, like, you know, my draft... Try to make it easy for the reader. It's not, yep. you know, you have to kill your darlings. You have to kill some darlings to make it easy for that reader. Yeah,
0: you know, I tell them the same people. Like I, I have a film festival every year, and I have to see three, four hundred films, and yes. I'm like,
1: screening right now.
0: Yes. If you make it hard for me, I'm going to make it hard for you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I just wish. I'm screening right now for a festival. I'm be, I feel behind, but I'll get through my, my batch. Mm. And the one thing I will say is, and, and this is also, you know, having just done this short and when I work with filmmakers, when we're talking about doing a short is what do you want this film to do for, what do you want to say?
2: Right. And
1: what do you want this film to do for you? Right. And if you say, I just want to get my voice out there, I'm going to tell you to do a TikTok video, mm. make your life <laughs> easier, because <laughs> this is a yeah. business endeavor. So we have to be clear, but I, I do tell them about that. Like, don't make it hard, you know, pay for good sound. I can forgive wonky acting, but I never forgive bad story. I don't like it when I can't see it. And I don't like it when I can't hear it. Right. I'll get over the editing stuff, but I won't get over that.
0: The devil's in the details. Yes. So gotta hear
1: good. it, gotta see it. It's a visual medium. If we can't I, I saw a film recently, it was very compelling, but that shit was so dark. See, there I go. Hey! <laughs> can't take
0: <her> no way. Uh, <laughs> when you said your
1: long have a beverage, it. I was
0: like, you can't have a beverage
1: with these people. They don't know you.
0: No, uh,
1: you'll be telling maybe, next time. maybe the next time, right? That that that'd be the after show, the exactly. after party. That after that's the that's what they call the after party where they yeah. got the sandwiches, the barbecue sandwiches in the parking lot at the club. Mm. The club baby, that's that's that that podcast.
0: Yeah, to, the after party. Got, that's a
1: good after one.
0: Party. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. Anytime. Everyone, if awesome. you wanna follow her on Instagram, there she is. Con- there I, am. I r- highly recommend following her because she always posts one the stuff that she's working on like programs and different things that she's working on so you can kind of get a, a like a good glimpse of some of the things that you should be paying that t- attention to as a creator um which i always i like i like follow people like you because of that because yeah. you, you you're nice enough to share that information mm-hmm. it's important yeah. to know where you know like competitions and screenings and all those type of things. I love that shit. I love all yeah, of that. Yeah. So
1: I don't say a lot personally, but I say it through what I post. I said I was gonna get better about that. I wasn't gonna just be a billboard all the time, but Okay. I mean, it's either you write your script or you curate your social. I just can't.
0: Yeah, I know, right? You can't. It's like, look, I got. I'm doing 50 jobs, man.
1: I need a people. I need a people. I need a people, you know, people. for that. I need All a right. people for that.
0: So anybody wants to be your people, hit her up. Okay. Hit me um, up. Don't
1: be crazy, but hit me up. Don't be crazy. Don't be crazy. No.
0: Um and. Follow Akbar Twitter or at the Akbar Majeed. You can find moi, Darren Jenkins 919. And of course, um, you can locate 12 million podcasts on all the social platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 12 million show. Thank you again for being on the show. This was really fun. Glad I washed
1: my face.
0: It's the low bar here on our show there. For 12 million, I am Darren Jenkins. I'm my for Majid. And this was 12 million. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe and make sure to pick up a book. Thanks.